In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. When you've walked many miles of roads in the remote areas of the Dominican Republic, you have a, an image of this sower scattering seed because literally dirt is everywhere. Dirt is covering everything. And there are things growing all over the place which is the reason why goats and cattle roam freely, because they may very well find food in any location. So imagine these seeds being scattered everywhere, on the path, on rocky ground, among the thorns, and on good soil. Interestingly enough, when our Lord describes the meaning of the parable to his Disciples, he talks about the seed as equivalent to the one who hears the word of God. The seed sown on the path is the one who hears the kingdom. The seed sown on the rocky ground is the one who hears the word. The seed sown among the thorns is the one who hears the word. The seed sown on the rich soil is the one who hears the word. And, dot, 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 then there are variables. As much as our Lord perfectly explains the parable, and as much as we understand the meaning of it, clearly enough, there's something beautifully fascinating about this image that he uses to describe the listener to the word of God as being identified with the seed. Because the seed that falls to the ground and dies and then yields a fruitful harvest is the word of God, is Christ himself. And he is the same, always and everywhere. The variable has to do with the soil, whether or not his death will result in repentance and forgiveness of sins and salvation. It doesn't depend on him, it depends on us. Our, our immediate instinct would be to listen to this parable and assume that we are being identified with the dirt, with the humus, the soil, which isn't too far from the word human. Listen to the first reading. Thus says the Lord, just as from the heavens the rain and snow come down and do not return there till they have watered the earth, making it fertile and fruitful, fertile and fruitful, giving seed to the one who sows and bread to the one who eats, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. So God sends rain to prepare the ground, to prepare the soil, to be able to receive the seed. 
And in the responsorial psalm, God has visited the land and watered it. He has enriched it. He has prepared the land, drenching its furrows, breaking up its clods. Sometimes we resemble clods, right? Softening it with showers. Year after year, he does this. And yet, listen to how our Lord delivers a a very simple lesson about listen to the word of God, understand it, and permit it to bear fruit in you. Don't be choked with the lure of riches. Don't be paralyzed by worldly anxiety. He also delivers a profound message about the seed, which is Christ coming into us, forms a bond with us. That seed falls into the ground and dies and, in a sense, becomes one with that soil. And so we're not just simply passive recipients where we are objects, mere things, and God either is able to penetrate us a little bit or a lot, depending on our receptivity, and he's able to work on this uh, resistant material with differing degrees of success. No, rather, he says the seed is the one who hears the word of God. The soil, having received the seed, becomes one with the seed. The seed dies and becomes part of the soil. That's every soul that receives the sacrament of baptism. Every soul that receives the grace of sanctifying power of God becomes one with God. That doesn't guarantee that this will yield the ultimate harvest. It doesn't mean that everyone who's baptized gets to heaven. It means that the seed of baptism has implanted. God is part of that person. God is part of each and every one of us. Prior to that, the Holy Spirit works on us, tilling the soil, making us ready to receive Christ, making us ready to respond to him. But now that the seed has fallen on, is implanted in us and has died. We are one with Christ. A very simple parable will will give you a, a lifetime to marvel at what God is saying about his relationship to his people. It also gives us very very straightforward lessons. Till the soil Remove from it anything that doesn't permit things to grow. You can see this when a field is prepared for for planting. We saw a field, and on Saturday as we drove past it, it was obvious that it had just been burned in a controlled burn. Three days later, we already saw the the beginnings of, of plantings going in. And there were some fields that were as dark as you could imagine and 
yielding crops of, of corn and many other things, and others that were just full of rocks, barely able to produce something that the goats and the cows could, could graze on. When truckfuls of dirt would come in and be dropped in front of one of these houses, before you could add cement and water and prepare the, um, the floors to be made, you had, to, you had to pick out the big rocks so that they wouldn't mess up the, the mixing of the cement and the sand to make the concrete. And it's many other things besides that, that have to be removed and that have to go into the soil. Think of your soul in two different ways. Simply as the soil. Remove from it everything that is impeding the work of grace, everything that impedes the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking directly to your heart. Namely, the things that Christ already mentioned, worldly anxiety, the lure of riches. And secondly, realize that even when you're not perfect, Christ still comes into you and becomes one with you. It will certainly be accompanied by experiences of closeness, experience of feeling like heaven is, is just a heartbeat away. Yet we can't permit that to think that we're already, we're already done. We have no more, no more work to do. Think about the names of the people that Christ had in mind as he was spelling out these four different categories. He already said that he was telling this story in parables to those who couldn't understand it, right? The seed sown on the path, hearing the word of God without understanding. There were those who were hearing the seed on rocky ground, Lasts only for a time. The people who followed him around the, the Sea of Galilee because they saw his miracles and they wanted to see more miracles. And then when he taught them things that they refused to hear, they left him. They believed so intensely for so short a time. Or the ones who would follow him for years. But tribulation, worldly anxiety, the lure of riches... Judas resulted in no faith in the end. But then even among his apostles, even among his faithful disciples, among the holy women, they wouldn't all produce the same yield. Some a hundred, some sixty, some thirtyfold. And we think of the Blessed Virgin Mary the perfect disciple who by God's grace puts no, no obstacle between God and her heart. There is no limit to what God can do through the one who believes in him firmly. So we ask the Lord to, to make us receptive and to inform us of the great dignity of becoming one with the seed that has fallen on the, on the earth to die for our salvation. And we ask that we remain humble, close to the earth, close to the soil,
and take no credit for any good that we could ever, ever play a small role in, but always give, give the honor and the glory to God, to the sower and the seed and the sender of the rain. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.